Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. You have entered NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I represent FranchiseTag.com, and I'm here with two gentlemen from that entity as well, FranchiseTag.com. I've got Wesley Johnson from California and Jason Bolin from South Dakota. And tonight we're going to talk about, let's see, four four topics, four big topics. Uh, among of them are we're going to do our mini mock draft towards the end. We're going to talk about the Aaron Donald stuff. And then we're going to uh, get into several other topics of interest for the week. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We are going to jump right into it tonight. Uh, we've got about four topics that we will spend about 10, 10, 15 minutes on each. The first is the apropos news of Judy, Julian Edelman's retirement from the game. Um, he succumbed to longtime injury. He's accomplished a whole lot in his career, and he is leaving the game. Um, some thought he might head down. Uh, southeasterly to the Buccaneers, but that rumor lasted for about an hour. Uh, so now he's retired, and instantly, uh, because he won some Super Bowls, we had to debate whether or not he was a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think that was just something generated to drum up conversations like these. I I don't even think it's reasonable that he would be remotely near the Hall of Fame. That's just me. I always go by the statistics. To me, he's like Marty Booker or Frank Sanders in terms of numbers. Uh, but I, I understand that Patriots lifers will will love him to death. But uh, we'll start with Jason. What are your you saw a lot of him um, with your Broncos fandom? What are your thoughts on Julian's retirement? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that it really I don't know if it really came as so much of a shock to me. I mean, he was one of those guys where, you know, um, how good was that guy really? You know, I mean, it's it's kind of in the same class as like a Wes Welker or even an Amendola. I mean, all three of those guys look similar, um, but you know, you catch passes from, from Brady for so long and they make it look so easy down there in new England. Um, I'm not, you know, I, how much, I, I don't think he had a whole heck of a lot of success in Miami. Um, but yeah, great. I mean, moderate numbers, um, nothing to, to ride home about hall of fame. Absolutely not. That's, that's ludicrous in my opinion. And what about us? Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, he he's kind of a jack of all trades uh, type of player. Drafted as a quarterback, um, moved him to wide receiver. Um, you know, he did. He spent some time in the backfield, um, also returning punts. I mean, he he did a little bit of everything. Um, definitely a a good patriot. Uh, I believe he ranks. Um, uh, let's see, second in uh, receptions, and I believe fourth in uh, receiving yards for uh, Patriots all time. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. commendable. And then you had some playoff numbers too, didn't you? Yeah, uh, 
he has uh, 118 catches for uh, 1,442 yards and five touchdowns in 19 playoff games. Uh, that ranks him just behind Jerry Rice all, all time for playoffs. Yeah. So I know that that is a talking point, and that is something to you can exalt on your resume. Um, I just I don't put any stock whatsoever in wide receiver wins, and it's great that he won Super Bowls. Uh, I just can't. I have a hard hard enough time doing quarterback wins uh, because there's 53 men on a football team. That when we start giving receivers credit for Super Bowls, it, they completely lose me. It, I mean, this is an extreme example, but I it's like a you know trying to put B.J. Armstrong from the Bulls in the Hall of Fame, like. He, he was on right. a great, great squad. He was damn good when he was there. He could shoot. He was an integral part of the first Bulls run. But I, we could, if we had the time, we could write down a hundred players in front of Edelman that belong in the Hall of Fame. So when I saw that, I thought, well, this, this is just so I, they can't be serious. But evidently, there is a following that puts a lot of stock in playoff prestige, and that's swell. And I can see that for the quarterback, like probably why Eli will or might get in. Um, but not for a wide receiver. Yeah. We digress on Edelman. So, yes, he leaves the game. Uh, I don't think there's any chance he unretires and goes down to Tampa Bay, but that's probably where he'd go. Uh, the news of the day, uh, this particular day, was Jadavion Clowney finally uh, became unavailable via free agency, and he signed with the Browns, and that instantly gives them a defensive line of uh, Miles Garrett, who's the dude right next to him, then Sheldon Richardson, and then Clowney. Um, who you know who the three tech or the nose tackle is there, Wes? Not the top of your head. Um, not off the top of my head. So that's all right though. Uh, they're they're going to be ferocious. Um, I think every team is kind of in that situation where if they would they're the ones that got Clowney, you know, you think it's pretty awesome, it's badass. You're going to get the good version, the healthy one. I just don't know if that's what he will be. Um, he should have ample space. Uh, being freed up between Sheldon Richardson and Miles Garrett, and he got a $10 million deal. Uh, so, Wes Clowney to the Browns, does that move the needle for you? How exciting is it? Yeah, uh, it's exciting. I think bookending another uh, premium pass rusher uh, opposite Miles Garrett uh, should have been a priority. Uh, I know we did a uh, mock draft ourselves, Dustin, uh, for, I don't know if it was Vikings territory or purple, uh, PTSD, but, um, I mocked, uh, Quiddy pay to, uh, Cleveland so that they'd bookend, um, you know, one of the drafts top pass rushers on the opposite side of him. So, um, it, it's a good look, uh, that defense gets stronger, uh, can only help the offense. I think you know, showed a lot last year. And if the defense can keep up their end, you know, the Browns can make some noise. Yeah. I wonder if they ever, uh, and we'll get to you, Jason, second on Jadavian. I wonder if they ever, probably not because it's revisionist look back and realize they could have had uh, Josh Allen. And um, I don't even know uh, at number four or who, who, whatever high pick they had, um, they could have had, Oh God, I can't remember. I'm botching this one, but anyhow, I wonder if they look back and realize that Josh Allen might have been the guy to get, or if that is just a situation where Allen is infused by um, the bills system 
Um, and, you know, the verdict's still on Baker. I shouldn't be bad mouthing him. Uh, but yeah, I've thought about that uh, looking back, especially with all the quarterbacks that we're talking now that are just at this point on the calendar are so infallible, like all five of them in our heads. We think they're going to be great and they won't be. Two of them will be good. Pretty darn good. Two of them will be average and one of them will suck. And we don't we don't know who it'll be. Uh, Jason on Jadavian Clowney. Um, are you do you fear him because your team lives in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of one of those one of those guys where, you know, just his name alone, I think, is reason to to be uh, to be concerned a little. I know he's battled some injuries throughout his career, but I mean, he's still a he's fairly young guy still, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. is he? Twenty eight, Wes? Yeah, I would say twenty eight, twenty nine. I was going to yeah. say twenty eight, twenty. Didn't he come out in what was it? Uh, Two thousand thirteen or fourteen? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yeah, still, he's, I think, he just turned 28. OK, so then, yeah, I mean, you know, compare him to like a, like a Watt or a Von Miller. I mean, different positions and st- such. But I mean, yeah, I mean, how much it moves the needle, I guess I'm not I'm not pretty sure. I think they had a pretty solid defense um, last year. And I don't know. I, I, I like the Browns. I mean, I, I think they're coming into their own in terms of piggybacking on what you just said. I think Baker might, might be all right. One of those quarterbacks out of that class. That's, you know, took a little bit of time, but you know, I mean, so did Allen though. Right. I mean, (laughs) Dayball, I mean, has done wonders with, with him down there. And last year he just looked like, wow. I mean, this guy, and then you add Stefan Diggs and that, you know, kind of getting off script here, but no, that's all right. Um, Allen did exactly what every franchise hopes for from their third-year quarterback. He took yep. the next step. Yep. That's what uh, Trubisky was supposed to do in the summer of 2019 when he was like an MVP candidate. Exactly what Josh Allen did is what people thought Trubisky was, and that's why the hype was so high. And I, I remember smirking at it, thinking, all right, well, they, they see something I don't. Well, and but did to, to Trubisky, though. Now they're on the same second, team. Yeah, Trubisky's second year. I mean, that team as a whole looked pretty darn sexy. I mean, you know, as a, as a lowly Broncos fan lately, I remember looking at that team thinking, man, they got some, you know, they got the good young coach and, and Nagy and Trubisky really kind of looked the part. I mean, pretty decent numbers of Bortles numbers from like 2014. What did it was a 30 stump touchdowns and mid Bortles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that, you know, but yeah, then he, then he digressed for sure. And then I think Sa- Saquon, I thought that the Browns were going to do yeah. that year. Yeah, that's the one that uh, I wonder if they got away. But then, you know, Chubb, Chubb is a top five dude. And Saquon, yeah. we don't know if an injury bug is going to be uh, uh, his thing. But, yeah, Josh Allen took the the next step. And that's, it's, that's why I always uh, got to wait till – year three from any player to really figure out um, if, if the dude is any good um, on edge yeah. rushers left. Uh, there's Justin Houston. Uh, these are all free agents now that Clowney's off the board. So if your team needs an edge rusher, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Everson Griffin's 34, Bruce Irvin's 34, uh, Ezekiel Ansah, Bruce, or already got Bruce Irvin in there, Adrian Claiborne. Uh, I think Melvin Ingram is still out there. So, there's still older dudes out there if your team whiffs on a defensive end in the draft. Is there any other West that I'm forgetting free agents? Uh, we said Alden Smith. No, he was, I did not. He's meeting okay. with the Seahawks, right? I believe so. Yes. Yep. I don't know if he left there with a the deal, but uh, yeah, that's a dude that 
gosh, he was out of football for five seasons and <laughs> showed up last year and had a tremendous start to the season. And I think he leveled off. He didn't, he didn't get garbage, but I think he leveled off and, uh, yeah, so I, I was hoping that my team would have a look at him because they're cash strapped and he seems like a, a low risk type of dude. Um, yeah, but let's see. So that's Clowney. And then James Connor went to the Cardinals. If you play fantasy football, that creates hell All right. uh, because now <laughs> it is Edmonds and Connors who will probably split the load. I guess it's not hell. There's teams that can do it worse when they like the Niners who do like four dudes. Uh, but <laughs> Connor has always been not sexy to me. Just doesn't do a whole lot, in my opinion, but uh, he should get some touches there. Uh, do you have anything yeah. temperature-wise to add on Connor to the Cardinals? Uh, not me. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head. It's kind of a tepid move on Arizona's part. Um, I don't foresee him taking the reins as a starter. Um, more of a change of pace back, but I, I could be mistaken. Well, what, what, what did he what was he able to put together um, in Pittsburgh? I, I know um, that first year that he came in and filled that void when, um, with, when Le'Veon had his holdout, I, I, I thought he did pretty decent, didn't he? I mean, he was able to run the yeah. ball. I think, didn't he get a thousand yards? Thousand yeah, plus? He, he had a good season that year. He had and then uh, followed nine, it up with, I think two stinkers. <laughs> yeah. He had uh that's exactly what happened. He had 973 yards in 13 games. So yeah, basically would have been a thousand yard back in 2018, made a pro bowl, uh, then missed six games in 2019 at 464 yards rushing. And then last year, 13 games, 721 rushing yards. And what do we got? Uh, 215 receiving yards. So I, I, maybe it's because fantasy football has soured me on him unjustly, but when I, Think of him. He, to me, is what the analytics crowd dislikes about running backs that give him give him carries. He's going to do OK on to the next one, kind of like your Broncos did for 25 years before everybody else figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just pay it. You draft a dude, you know, run him into the ground for three years, send him four years, send him away. And to me, Connor is severely different than Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley and those dudes because those three are dynamic and to me deserve the big bucks for a running back and then they get lumped in with dudes like Connor who they're just carry merchants and you know they get you 80 yards and they just don't do anything he didn't do anything to me that was sexy he was a Pittsburgh Steelers running back that was average and I don't think he's going to take off big and with the Cardinals but I don't watch all the Steelers games maybe maybe those folks that watch those games can tell me that I'm wrong uh, but He's just a guy that gets carries that, you know, you put an RB one by him and you're like, Oh, we'll see how he does. Yeah. Nothing on that, Jason. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I, I don't, like you said, I don't, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about the guy other than the fact that he, you know, he stepped in and, and last year's lack of production. I, I, I don't know that Pittsburgh ran it a whole heck of a lot. Did they? <laughs> no, uh, that's actually, that's a very, Interesting point. So um, the Vikings, I can attest, ran the ball the fourth most and Kirk Cousins threw for uh, 4,200 yards. And, um, you know, some folks aren't satisfied with that in 35 touchdown pass isn't quite enough. Uh, or at least that's what comes into my orbit with arguments I get into. And uh, so we ran the ball that 
seldom, but he still hit those numbers. And so to prove my point, I've done it a couple times because Roethlisberger threw the ball more than any other quarterback, the Steelers threw the ball. uh, I would translate the numbers that cousins had, you know, per attempt to Roethlisberger. And then it's something astronomical, like 5,400 passing yards and 40 something touchdowns, because given the opportunity, just blunt force, throwing uh cousins could do that as well and it's 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 odd that you bring that up because that's such a departure from stereotypical Steeler football that you would just throw the ball over the field because I was under the impression that Mike Tomlin is kind of a a a mini disciple of that run first mentality and they really didn't do it and nobody really realizes it for last year yeah you know and that makes you wonder though sometimes about what what exactly is going on in Pittsburgh um there's no reason that Ben Roth, he's one of those quarterbacks though. It, it five touchdowns one week, you know, and then four picks the next. And it's like, I don't know if they just, if I don't have any clue what's going on over there in Pittsburgh, but I remember they started 10 and 10 and oh, or whatever it was last year. I'm like, these guys ain't going nowhere. I was I mean, uh, Den- Denver about beat them and came from behind with Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wrong about them because uh, their defense was so ferocious and the bookends that they had at defensive end. Uh, I thought that their easy schedule was irrelevant. I thought they had the oomph to really give the Chiefs a run for their money, uh, but I was very wrong on that because they were exposed. And I can tell you right now that Roethlisberger is nearing the end. Uh, I can't even say that for Brady yet. Uh, and I've never said that for Brady. <laughs> I, I just assume it will happen. But I, I, I've ne- for seven years, we've always had one time in the season where they say, is the dynasty over? And I always say, no, we do this every year and it's never <laughs> over. And it's usually so, at the beginning of the year, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they start two <laughs> right. and two, lose two straight. And then that's that's the whisper. And then, they're, you know, the ESPN stories, they don't like each other and they want to disintegrate and all that. Um, but with Roethlisberger, he truly is nearing the end. Wes, do you disagree? Yeah. No, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. And uh, that's why I, I think the contract restructure that they did uh, this year uh, was kind of surprising. Uh, they're essentially pushing a lot of dead cap into future cap spaces rather than maybe cut bait with, with uh, Roethlisberger this year and you know, start fresh, but obviously. Yeah, I thought we were getting there when they when they were dropping nuggets about six weeks ago that, you know, uh, Roethlisberger may not necessarily. I think they said all options are on the table, and then two days later they came back and restructured uh, the deal. But the Steelers, to their credit, are a one of the few NFL franchises that when they have a bad year, they're only about seven and nine or eight and eight. They don't do poor seasons, and they never get high draft picks because of it. But that's a testament to how good I think Tomlin is as a head coach. But I don't know. It might be stale. Uh, I don't foresee them being a threat this year. They could pop up and go eleven and zero and get in the playoffs and do their thing. Um, but I don't know. Even I don't have. I can't. The running back is it Kenyon Drake? Did they? No, Drake went to Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. Um, I. They don't have anybody. Any Snell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're going to have to draft one, and that's fine. You can get an awesome running back these days in the second, third, or fourth round. But, yeah, they don't scare me at all. And Roethlisberger, I just think we'll see 
more of a gradual decline because that's normally what happens. And we always point to the examples of the dudes like Brady or LeBron in basketball that the new standard is this. Well, some of the greatest of the greats will do that. But Roethlisberger is certainly great, but he's not in the same category as LeBron or Brady. And I don't, I'm just not too spooked by them. Although I've always respected the Steelers style of football. In fact, selfishly, if the Vikings have a trashy year this year, I hope that Tomlin gets fired <laughs> and then he can come coach the Vikings where he started. And the same goes right. for those those Cosmos that are lining up for why the enemy never gets hired anywhere. If oh, Vikings... that's because he's going to be the Broncos next head. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, everybody, just like everybody wants Kellen Mond as their next quarterback <laughs> late in the draft, everybody secretly wants to get the enemy when uh, a team actually has faith in him to lead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why do you think Peyton didn't roll with the same coaching staff. I mean, we know it's going to be over soon. None of those guys are available right now. It's either Dave Ball or Enemy in Denver next year. It's preordained. Oh, and then the other, uh, Thaddeus Moss, Randy's son. Uh, that's not really a splashy move other than his name is heading to the Bengals or, you know, maybe reuniting with his college quarterback. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. I didn't even think about that angle. I should have, I should have been more studious indeed. And then, uh, Giovanni Bernard with his sweet profile picture thing is going to the Bucks to be involved in that running back carousel, whatever uh, yeah. they plan on doing. Um, that'll be Fournette, Ronald Jones, him, and then probably some dude we've never heard of that'll do just fine. Yeah. All right. So that's the free agency news. That's going to peter out now. Um, you'll see, you'll see stuff here and there, and there'll probably be a little flurry of it after the draft when GMs realize they didn't quite get what they wanted at a certain position. Uh, but yep. free agency was, uh, extraordinarily fun for those, those first couple of days because the cap was so condensed and we didn't know all these names that were going to be shockingly cut. Uh, but next is the draft, uh, both I think for the show. Oh, no, we gotta, we gotta talk about Aaron Donald. I forgot about that. That's a, that's a poor segue. I'm going to interrupt for just a second to talk about SundayScaries.com. You're going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, you took a good look in the rearview mirror and said, F you. 2021 for you is all about self-care and love, which means you're focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to a better life, which is why uh, you've been taking down Sunday scary CBD gummies, berries, <clears throat> bears like candy. When your mind starts racing or you need to decompress, you simply pop two gummies. 20 minutes, you're in a total max relax chill mode. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product is not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is, the is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. Uh, you got 20%, 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo believe, B L E A V, for your discount. That's the promo code believe, B L E A V, for 20% off, 25% off sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you will not regret joining the squad. Aaron Donald, I don't know much about the fact. Otherwise, that guy got his ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got. I, I took a fifteen-minute break at, at my my regular daytime job uh, to go vape in my truck. And the first thing I pull up is this guy with a fat ass, swollen eye. And I'm like, what is this? And then then it says Aaron Donald kicked his ass. And then you have to realize, like, is this NFL memes? And then I had to go Google it before I sent it to the both of you guys. And it turns out it was real. And I think that's all we know is that some dude got pummeled and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Merriman, uh, the former Charger linebacker, he actually tweeted funny. out 
Yeah, he tweeted out, "What kind of guy do you have to be to to want to pick a fight with Aaron Donald?" <laughs> oh man, yeah, that guy. Oof, God. man, this dude, he sent me that picture. I'm like, geez, what happened oh, yeah. there? I'm sure whoever at the station took that picture was like, "Ooh, baby, this one's gonna go around <laughs> the world." <laughs> it hasn't gotten around that much, though. Yeah, I think he might be shrouded in this glorious uh, cloud of likability that this poor bloke probably deserved what he got <laughs> and like it didn't involve a woman there's no sex involved in it i don't maybe it doesn't move the needle for all of the usual stories <laughs> no, it just, it just beat his ass yeah and, and it, it never didn't make didn't make the main headlines that will be fantastic if like this summer we're looking back on that we're like nothing ever happened with that <laughs> No, like nobody cared. It was like more of a positive thing on his resume. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it'll be. Like, you remember back in 2021 after the pandemic when Aaron Donald whooped that guy's ass? We're like, yeah, nothing ever happened to him for that. We're like, yeah, yeah I don't, not real sure what happened, but I bet he had it coming. Yeah, that's right. the narrative right, right now. And oh my goodness, if that would have, if that, I, I try to think of, uh, if, if like, Le'Veon Bell had done that to somebody. (laughs) Like, well, that's the last straw for him. He's done. (laughs) Or Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even better. (laughs) But it's just street cred for Donald. That's what's so great about it. He's also calm and composed most times. He just went (laughs) off and beat some dude's ass. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, it's probably just going to be one of those things that is a feather in his cap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we'll take it. Uh, but no one want to be on the other, other end of that one, though. No, God. no, Man. I, just a cyborg. Um, <laughs> I, I really want a defensive player to win MVP, and if it's him, then great. Uh, but we're just not allowed to do that. And I, I think that uh, everybody knows that he's going to get the utmost attention on the football field, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. I mean, every yeah. now and then he'll have a, a quieter game, but he simply cannot be stopped, and it's it's incredible. It really is. Yep. All right. So that go cool. that is the end of free agency and the Aaron Donald's tidbit. So we have the draft stuff. So Wes, you are a better draft mind, just like you are a better fantasy football mind um, than the both of us. Uh, trades. How yep. many realistically? So there will be one, and there'll probably be two. Um, do you think that those will affect the ones that we? predict like the Falcons or the lions trading out of it. Um, who is most likely to stockpile capital for hereafter? Um, I can see probably two or three more trades within the, the top 10 of this year's draft. Um, like you said, the, uh, Atlanta Falcons are in prime position to move back a little bit. Uh, obviously, they, they don't have a pressing need for quarterback. They don't have a pressing need for wide receiver. Uh, so a move back, I believe, could really benefit them. And probably same for the, the Lions. The Lions could use a wide receiver. Um, depending on how far they move back, they might still be able to pluck one of the top three. Yeah, and it, it's it's tricky for me to predict how soon these wide receivers will go off the board because um, it's becoming 
a lot more of a pass happy league every single year. And I always see mock drafts and think, Oh boy, that's way too high for a receiver, especially three of them like bunched in there in the top 15. But then I have to take a step back and be like, this is the way it goes now. And if everybody thinks Justin Jefferson or everybody thinks that their guy is going to be like Justin Jefferson, then, you know, then it's worth it. But you have to find the one that does that. Um, Let's see, Jason on, I wanted to ask your take on uh, the Falcons. Do you think that Matt Ryan can be trusted for another two to three years? He's not crazy old. I mean, he's getting up there, but I think he's 36 or so. Um, do you think that he can be the guy for a team for two or three more years, or would they be best the Falcons to plan for the you know life after Ryan? Well, I mean, I think I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I think the question that I would ask if I'm uh, making the decisions for the Falcons is, you know, obviously we we're going to go ahead and extend this guy here, you know, for three, but how how good of a mentor? would this guy be? I mean, if we went out and got our, our next guy to, to groom behind you, I guess, would you, would you be willing to, to take on that responsibility? Not, not every quarterback is, um, <laughs> like speaking of one we were just talking about earlier. I mean, how, how giddy do you think Roethlisberger would be if Pittsburgh drafted a quarterback in the first round? I can't imagine he'd be happy about that. <laughs> no, he's Oh, uh, I don't know. God, he could handle that both ways. He could just be, but, but I mean, you don't even have to be a good quarterback to have that ego yeah. like Flacco. When he came over to Denver, he's like, I'm not here to be anybody's mentor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> remember that Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Flacco had one Super Bowl under his belt. So, I mean, I, I, I think Ryan could still got a lot of good football. I mean, when I say a lot, yeah, three years, I think yeah. he could. You know, yeah. what do you do in that case? Are you going to be able to draft that high again? Atlanta is another one of those teams where, you know, if they finish four and 12, it's not going to surprise me. If they finish 12 and four, it's not going to surprise me. <laughs> yeah. I feel the exact same way. Uh, the hilarious part on Flacco is that he was brought in precisely to be a patch over quarterback. Like, <laughs> yeah. like everybody knew it. Like, I think you were, even, <laughs> you were even pissed that he was in the way. Like, you know, why do we have to bring him in? And I, I think I talked you off a cliff and I said, well, he's probably just going to be a patch over guy. And you're like, he doesn't think so. <laughs> you know, he's like, he got up in front of the, the Denver media and he said, just wanted to make sure everybody out there is aware that I'm the understood <laughs> quarterback. Uh, no, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I showed you that picture last year of Drew Locke running off the field, slapping Flacco in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's just great. Uh, I think Matt Ryan, <clears throat> I think we've uh, soured on him because his team has had two back-to-back poor years, and yeah. he set the standards so high for himself uh, the year they collapsed in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, he is uh, not crazy old, and I really think that, you know, he's not mobile at all, but you don't have to be noble to succeed. He's only uh, – he's about to be 36 so uh, I, I think he's probably got two or three years of football left. This one will probably be with the Falcons. Um, but I certainly think he will be the type of player that finishes up somewhere uh, with a team that, you know, I, I always use this example, like the Bears, um, that they would be tickled to death to have somebody that once won an MVP. And, you know, once they sign him, he's going to be the MVP again. And that's what they would think. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we're a little too low on Matt Ryan. Um, he's certainly not getting any younger, um, but it won't stun me at all if they trade out of that or skip out of, don't even 
acknowledge uh, a quarterback. Uh, and then it gets really interesting. I, I keep telling myself that as much as so many mock drafts that we read or even write, it's not going to go the way we think. There's right. always there's always a wrench. And that's what that's why it's so damn fun is you just don't know what it's going to be. Uh, do you do you happen to predict the wrench, Wes, or is that even too difficult to spitball? Uh, the wrench will probably be Mac Jones uh, yeah. somewhere. He'll be the Daniel Jones of you know that year's draft class. Um, I I really don't think it's going to be at three, but I mean, who am I? I yeah. I still am trying to figure out where that rumor started. No, it's <laughs> it is being pounded into our brains and in, into every orifice that we have that he's go, it, it's going to happen to the point where. I'm not changing my uh, opinion or wager, but I've seen it so many times on mock drafts that I usually trust that. Uh, and then, you know, there's even, I think uh, one of the PFF guys said, like, if, if you're not believing it yet, you're just stupid. And I'm like, well, damn, but I can't, I can't fathom that they would believe that they had to trade that much to get that guy who six weeks ago was in the middle of the second round. And he hasn't even played any football since then. So it's not like he right. went out and won another championship. Uh, it just, right. His stock has risen like Baker's did. Because uh, Baker Mayfield was like, God, what about going 6th, 7th, or 8th in 2018? And then, boom, like two weeks for the draft, it was accepted that he was number one. Right. <clears throat> well, and doing it this far <clears throat> before the draft. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, and are they still going out? Did did? Did uh, Shanahan send guys um, to see Fields and Lance again? Yep, he yeah. sure did. Well, uh, they, they, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm still con- I'm still convinced that Jones is going to be the one that we look back and laugh that we thought we were stupid. We thought he was going to go third, and he ends up going like almost like a Rogers thing where it's you know you feel, <laughs> you feel bad Bumbles. for him at about 9 30 p.m that's what no, I think uh, is gonna happen yeah yeah no I got a better one for you Brady <laughs> Quinn oh, yeah. oh man <laughs> remember that guy yeah oh I remember him because at the time uh the Vikings had a running back named Chester Taylor and I wanted to get a quarterback uh for life after Culpepper once and for all and Brady Quinn was there, and I thought the Vikings were stupid for taking Adrian Peterson over Adrian or over uh, Brady Quinn. And I, you know, I changed my mind after like week one. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking like, all right, well now we got two running backs, yay! Uh, because I didn't think that Peterson was going to be more than I thought he would eventually replace Chester Taylor, but you know, immediately Adrian was uh, just a <laughs> a complete Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those yeah, Brady, cameras Brady. just wouldn't take their their lens off uh brady quinn in the, in the <laughs> green room he just every pick that passed him by just looked more more depressed <laughs> yeah yeah and, and the same went for rogers too because uh it now it's a, a, a folklore that we talk about but it was supposed to be him that went to the niners and that's why we hear about it every time the packers play the niners that it's going to be some alleged revenge game but it never happens <laughs> never plans out or pans out the way that uh, Rogers wants it. Uh, so I, I really think Mac Jones, I don't think he's going to go three and it's not going to surprise me at all. If he's the one that goes all the way down the board, but then that uh, you start to look at all the quarterbacks and then Penny Sewell and Kyle Pitts. And one of the questions that we were talking about Wes off air was the first defensive player off the draft. 
And right. you know me, I love defense. I loved it when Chase Young um, was the, the second pick last year. So I, I think I consider, based on the stuff that I read and some of the tape that I watch, I think Micah Parsons is the best defensive football player, um, mm-hmm. but he plays an awkward position for the way the game is drafted for. We want edge rushers. We want corners. Right. And then if you throw in a, I don't know if you call him a coverage linebacker or just a you know terroristic middle linebacker, uh, it's kind of like gravy to have that. So I think Patrick Sertain will go ahead of him, and then uh, whoever gets Micah Parsons is going to have a steal of a deal. Uh, do you think that he will be the first defensive player off the board? Uh, it's possible. I-, I could see Atlanta making that move. Uh, obviously, defense for Atlanta has been lacking. Um, people say, well, they have Deion Jones. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay last year, they had, you know, two um, all pro linebackers flying all over the field and it seemed to work out pretty well for them. Um, So I I think if they can maybe move back to say sixth with uh, Miami, um, that would be a good spot for him uh, with Atlanta. So you still think he'll go in the top 10? I, I definitely think it's possible. Yeah. Okay. I had a. Uh, did you did you say uh, Atlanta backs up to Miami? Yeah. Ooh. So Miami swaps with Atlanta to jump up to four. Maybe they are hearing that um, Cincinnati wants to take uh, Jamar Chase, and maybe that's their guy. So they they make that jump up to get him. There was a uh, guy on Monday morning that messaged me on Twitter named Colby Daniels. I think he uh, did work for the Oklahoma City market, and he runs like a draft website now or draft something. He asked me to do the Vikings pick. They were going to do a draft, and I had to send him over a video. So they just you know, were messaging each other, and it got to me, and Parsons was still there. And I had to choose between him and Darisaw and Devonta Smith. So I went Parsons, even though the Vikings don't need a linebacker. But that's how good I think that he is, and you know, sticking with the best player available philosophy. So I selfishly hope, A, that Rashawn Slater falls to Minnesota, and if that doesn't happen, that Parsons is still there. Neither one of them realistically probably will be there. And right. then uh, Vikings will do something like trade back. But uh, yeah, I'm high on Parsons and that'd be the dude that I, uh, I'm super excited to see where he goes uh, because who was the linebacker last year that was infallible for the Cardinals? Is it Simmons? Simmons. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think he's the, he's the type that not necessarily an edge rusher, but like, you know, I think he's probably even more athletic athletic than like Parsons, but uh, th- those guys always fascinate me because they're so versatile. He's a converted safety, I believe. Yeah. He, his profile matches up with the uh, Notre Dame linebacker. The J-O-K. Yeah, J-O-K. Yeah. There was a Viking fan about a month ago that said that that was his guy, and uh, I had to study up on him before I could make an opinion because he was going all the way down in the 20s, right. and uh, so I was like, teach their own. All right, and then, Jason, who is the first non-quarterback? So we, we'd cover defense. I guess you'd probably choose between Pitts uh, Chase, the wide receiver, and Sewell. Um, do you think it is which one of those? I don't know. I'd say it's between Pitts and Sewell, but um, is there any chance? I was, I've just been thinking about this because all this hype of, that's surrounding this 49ers move, 
is there any chance that they would have relinquished that much capital for a non-quarterback? I, I can't. Everybody tells me no. Yep. I mean, and, that's your side it, of town, Wes. Yeah. Uh, I actually wrote an article on that trade and I analyzed it. The only one that I can uh, recall or the, the earliest one that I can recall uh, that had that type of implication was uh, Atlanta trading up for Julio Jones, uh, taking him Ooh, yeah. number two overall. Yeah, I don't think that was dumb. No, and I just – because I've just heard – I mean, this Pitts guy. I mean, this guy is supposed to be – Him and Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've just I've just heard that this is – that he's supposed to be this generational talent, and, mm-hmm. and, and um, you don't hear that often about non-quarterbacks. Mm. And um, – to, I, there's, I just have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of teams that, that are going to be kicking themselves for not taking him. Yeah. I think he is the one player. Oh, uh, once you get over outside of the top two and probably the top three, um, and I'll, I'll touch on what I'm about to say here in a minute on the top three thing, but yeah, no matter where pits go, even if it was a team that already had a Kittle or a Kelsey, or, uh, I don't think that you can complain uh, because that's no. how, how sure, He's forecasted to be a superstar that, you know, if you get a tight end, great. Let's do, let's make it two. Let's have Aaron Hernandez. Let's have Gronk. You know, I think that would be the mindset. I want to, um, before we do our second segment of the mini mock, I listened back to our show um, last week and Wes, you talked about how the decision for the 49ers to trade up uh, will be inevitably tied to the jobs of Lynch and definitely Shanahan. And yeah. I, I don't think we expounded on that as much as we should have, because that's a big deal right now. Uh, I think the world collectively is extremely high on Shanahan and to an extent, rightfully so, but he has to get this right. Just like Nagy yeah. pr- should have been held to the fire for getting Trubisky wrong or uh, whatever that general manager's name is down their pace or whatever his name is. Uh, that if they do Mac Jones and he's meh and they don't win, then Shanahan's going to have to pack his bags and maybe find his way to Denver or something. But it yeah. is a, when you give up that much, you have to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. You give up a King's ransom a month before the draft. <laughs> you have to know which guy you're taking. Yeah. You, especially if you figure Lawrence and Wilson go one and two, you have to know who you're taking. Yeah. Here. I don't know if it's for a show or what, but they're still parading out, you know, looking at um, the fields, the Joneses, the um, Lances. Lances, there you go. Thank you. Um, so uh, they have to know who they're taking. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, this, go ahead, Ed, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Jason. I, I just, that's, what's, that's what's getting me the most out of this. I mean, they're, they're, to say that somebody, like, um, like a like a New England or a Denver or a Detroit or you know any of these quarterback needy I guess Detroit not so much with golf but any of these teams that um, are potentially in the hunt for a quarterback to say that you will trade up to three or four and be fine with whichever one lands in your lap is ludicrous it's just it's it's asinine I mean there's there's never that many good quarterbacks that you just know no. Yeah, so why would somebody do it? I don't know. That's what I don't get about it. I, I think that the Mac Jones stuff is weirdly generated by somebody, maybe his people. Uh, and I really think it's going to be fields there. I, I, 
I said it last week, if I, if I gambled, if I had the balls to gamble, uh, I would say fields for sure there, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's just like, well, we'll figure it out here in the next few weeks. I think they know who they want and then they're just, they're just doing the charade right now. Yeah. All right. Let's do, uh, the, get back into the mini mock where we left off. I think JC Horn went to the giants and then at, uh, 10 or who was at 10 or the, uh, was, was the giants at 10. Giants at 10. Yep. Yeah, they went uh, J.C. Horn. Yep. And then Waddle to the Eagles. Waddle to the Eagles. And I believe we're at the Chargers now. All right. And then um, since you're a West Sider, you can pick that one. I will take the Chargers. Uh, Chargers are in, uh, are in need of offensive line and uh, defensive backs. I will take uh, the top offensive Lineman, the offensive tackle will do Rashawn Slater to uh, protect uh, their quarterback's blindside. Okay. I knew you'd do that. Um, last night I wrote about, or actually tonight, <laughs> right before the show, I wrote about the best situation available to the Vikings if they stay in their spot was Rashawn Slater uh, because he blends best player available and roster needed. And I think he's somewhat of a sure thing. But you took him away from me, um, so that means I have to decide between Darasaw and a pass rusher. And this is this is what, let's see. I can't remember. Is this is what we think will happen, or this is what we would do if we were the GM? Uh, what we would do. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know what he has up his sleeve for the rest of the offensive line. Uh, I will say that uh, the Vikings in that situation will be depressed. They couldn't get Slater, but they will go Christian Darasaw tackle from Virginia Tech. And that means, Jason, you get to you get to pick for the Patriots. Oh, yeah, this is where Mac Jones goes. Did we already – is he – he didn't he go off our board. He is available. No, yeah. he is available. So they get him organically like that? Yeah. I actually think so. I mean – I think he, I've always kind of thought that, um, Belichick, it just seems like that's the, the, the type of guy. It is, I don't know how long this cam experiment can go on in new England. Um, that's I'm surprised they extended him to be honest with you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I haven't been able to figure that one out either. Um, he didn't have, I know that they had eight coronavirus opt-outs and then their wide receivers were just trash, but, yeah, I, he just didn't do enough uh, to warrant another year. I think he's he's in that status of his career that he's a great backup quarterback, and hopefully he proves me wrong. But I don't. I'm with you, Jason. <laughs> I just don't get it. So this would this would make sense of it that you know now he's just there to patch over Mac. I think the most important yeah. part that that you know I mean, what's the best quarterback for? I guess Josh McDaniels. What's he want? Because hey, he ain't leaving. New England ever. <laughs> right. I mean, so, I mean, I think that that seems to be a good fit. All right, Wes, that, that puts you on the clock for the Cardinals. Uh, for the Cardinals, they are in need of a defensive back. So I will go Caleb Farley from Virginia tech. Ooh. Okay. I'll make this one easy peasy. The Raiders, they don't do anything. They, well, they probably will do something weird, but I'm not going to do that for them. I should. To add some comedy to the show, but I think that we had on <clears throat> Daryl, who was irate over all the offensive line transactions that they've done because they don't make any sense. So I will take Elijah Vera Tucker to the Raiders. Okay. 
And that puts who did, Mason, yes. Who'd you mock to the Vikings, Dustin? Uh, I went with Derisaw, the left tackle. Okay. Who they will yeah. play at left tackle. So that puts you um, with the Miami Dolphins and their brilliant general management. Uh, no sarcasm either. Yeah. So <laughs> it looks like the Dolphins, but they need a offensive line and defensive line over there. Um. I don't know. Why don't we? Why don't you go go Jalen Phillips and keep him in the state? Oh, yeah. 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 Phillips, I can tell you, spent two years with the UCLA Bruins, and then he switched over to Miami and um, comes from the same school as Gregory Rousseau, who I don't don't know if he'll get picked tonight during this for us, but he's another edge rusher to keep an eye on. And then that brings us to, is that U.S. Washington football team? Yeah. The Washington football in need of – Wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, offensive tackle. Um, not in love with any of the wide receivers available currently. I think they take a shot of adding to their linebacker core with JOK. Oh, okay. <clears throat> that uh that there's there's there are folks that really enjoy him. I don't know a whole lot about him other than scouting reports. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes up more so than projected. And that leaves, and of course, I get the Bears. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like the Bears. I apologize if you're listening to this and you do. Um, <laughs> they, if if they're on brand, they'll take a defensive player no matter what. Um, and that would be quitty pay. But I'm not going to do that. They're going to do something that's really going to bug me because they are the Bears. I went to the University of Minnesota and uh, Rashad Bateman did too. And that probably means, just to make my life miserable, that a gopher is going to go headline the Bears. So I got Rashad Bateman to the Bears. Jason, uh, we got two left for tonight. Jason, you are with the Colts, who need an offensive line, an edge rusher, and arguably a wide receiver. Offensive line and edge rusher. Um, they, that Quentin Nelson they got last year, he was, a, was he a tackle or a guard? Quentin Nelson is like uh, a guard. That's like one of the best in the league. I think you're mistaking him with somebody else. Nelson's been there for a few years. Oh, a few years. Yeah. He yeah. came out. Yeah. He's, he's supposed to get like a, a Godfather, like contract any, any time yeah. now. Yeah. Like some consider him the best lineman in football. So they looking for a tackle to place next to him or the opposite side. Uh, I think it's next to him, if I recall. I believe um, their left tackle retired. Yeah, I don't know that there's any tackles on the board right now that they would stretch for. No, and that that, that was going to bring me up to something else I was going to ask um, since we were doing this tonight. I, You know, um, one guy that I followed throughout the year that always kind of stood out to me that had some pretty high high praise – I mean, gosh, it's, I suppose it's been six months ago, but I mean, I heard a lot about what, whatever happened to Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. He's a uh, yeah. bottom of the first round, top of the second top round. Second. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so he's still, he's still up there. Oh yeah. He'll get picked. He'll get picked uh, on night one or very early day two. Um, it's that happens there when I start. So the Vikings, uh, I've, I've talked way too much about them. They <laughs> needed a three technique defensive tackle and they have needed one for about four years. And when I started studying this, when the season went awful, uh, one and five, Marvin Wilson 
was all the way up on draft boards. And now that dude's like all the way down the fourth round. <laughs> so this happens. Uh, Leatherwood, yeah, I don't know why, but he's towards the end of the first round. And all uh, reality will probably be a day two pick. And yeah, it was a uh, left tackle, Anthony Costanzo. He's the one that retired after yeah. 10 seasons. Yeah, I think here, I don't know if you need a quitty pay probably makes sense. Yeah, if he isn't off the board yet, then I would put him there. Um, Leatherwood's a pretty versatile uh, lineman, though. I mean, he, he can do guard and tackle. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be disappointed if my team got him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Wes, um, to wind down the show, you have the Titans, who uh, arguably need the wide receiver, defensive back, and offensive line. It's an interesting pick. Yeah, this one is interesting. Um they need wide receiver. I think there's value later on in the draft, though, for the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think head coach Mike Rabel will see an NFL pedigree sitting there on the, the board and, and go Samuel. that way. Asante Samuel yeah. Jr. Yeah, I was going to, if you didn't pick him, I was going to say to keep an eye on him because uh, they, uh, managers do like that, the bloodline. Yeah. Um, when I talked to Troy Williamson on the Vikings show a couple weeks ago or eight weeks ago, uh, he went down his top three corners and they were all bloodline guys. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think, he, I think even players like that. All right. Yeah. So then we'll pick up next week after the Titans pick. Um, is there any topics gentlemen that we missed? No, I, I think we got it all. No. Okay. I will be going to the NFL draft. Um, and I'm excited for that. It's uh, it's free. It's free every year. A lot of people don't know that um, this year is it's a reduced format in the sense that I don't think that they're going to let a throng of fans into the general theater, uh, but they have the draft experience and um, you know, you get to go and hang out and there's a bunch of cool stuff to do. And so it's free. And I asked my wife, Hey, do you want to go? And she was like, yeah, we're going to be, I get my second vaccine shot tomorrow. And that was the prerequisite uh, to get in there. So we're both going to be fine. So I will be heading to that, but we'll have two more shows before then. So we can finish out this mock draft. And just like that dude getting his ass kicked, I'm sure there'll be sweet news to talk about. Uh, <laughs> right. hey, hey. Uh, I got a four day weekend starting tonight too. So I'm not going to complain. Ooh. Okay. Right on. Wonderful. Yeah. No, <laughs> there's never ever a dull moment in, in this sport. And it was just confirmed with that. that I wasn't going to say mug shot, but uh, <laughs> that hospital shot or whatever it was <laughs> like. So yeah, dude's uh, eyes were swollen shut. <laughs> It was like Apollo Creed, you know, yeah. <laughs> like at the end of Rocky two. That's what I thought. The damn towel. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And Rocky four. I was remember, about to die. I remember you sent me, uh, sent me that message earlier today. You're like, you're like, yeah, man, this news is going to blow up soon. Yeah, not, Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, I haven't I, heard of, haven't heard anything about it. No, no, <laughs> really? crickets. Like I know I, we've already litigated it, but yeah, it's the damnedest thing. Like I thought there would be a lot. I thought, you know, it was he broke into his house, <laughs> you know, just something crazy. <laughs> but it, uh, I think that just it's nobody cares. It's right. like Aaron Donald doing Aaron Donald things because you know he's built like eighty Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so, all right, that's all we have for NFL Trend Zone uh, tonight, and we'll be back in one week. Peace. Have a good night. You are watching a master at work.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.